0: Welcome to the Common Good podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today's episode is focusing on the Aurora Programme, a leadership development initiative for women in higher education. And joining me on today's show is Professor Valerie Webster, GCU's Aurora Executive Champion. Valerie, it is great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you, Craig. I'm delighted to be here to talk about Aurora.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about it as well. And I'm going to kick things off with quite a broad question. What exactly is the Aurora Programme at GCU?
1: Well, the Aurora program came into being in, in following a report in 2013 in higher education, which identified that women were underrepresented in leadership and strategic roles in, in high, and had been for over 10 years. In fact, there had been a decline. So right. the Aurora program was created as a female only or those who identify as female program for higher education. And it. It's run by Advance HE, and GCU has been part of the Aurora program from the very first intake. And we've had staff on the Aurora program every year since.
0: Excellent. So what kind of stuff is taught in the Aurora program?
1: Well, it consists of um, an introductory session and then four learning days and two action learning sets where staff um, from across the sector join together with colleagues from other institutions to create a learning community. During the, the programme, participants are also mentored. We have a mentoring programme at, at GCU that supports the Aurora participants. And then the, on their four learning days, they cover topics such as core and adaptive leadership, identity impact, voice, power and politics.
0: And who teaches these modules, Valerie?
1: They're delivered by advanced HE um, colleagues and they bring in Colleagues from across the sector. So I'm an Aurora champion, and the Aurora champions meet and discuss what can be in the programme. Senior leaders, senior female leaders present to the participants, and the staff from across the sector help to support various aspects of the programme. So it's very much connected to the sector. It's not kind of being done to the sector, if you see what I mean. And I think that that gives all participants whether they're professional services staff or academic staff an opportunity to see what's happening across Um, and they run these sessions in various regional areas so our staff more recently go to edinburgh
0: now you mentioned the aurora program's been running since 2013 how has it developed over the last eight years could you give us a wee potted history
1: of it First of all, as I said earlier, Craig, was the Leadership Foundation did a stimulus paper on women in higher education, absences and aspirations. And then when they came out as a consequence of that, they created what was the first draft of the what is now the Aurora programme. And in that first um, programme, there were four sessions as there are now, but they were perhaps not as well developed as, as they are. And the buy-in from the sector was much, much poorer at the time, small numbers of participants and not a lot of engagement across the sector at the levels that we've got now, which is, which is great. But also we decided at GCU in response to that very first cohort where we had only actually four people on it, four, four women, and one dropped out, so we had three. Actually, the only person who's dropped out in the last eight years, so I think we, we must be doing something better now. We felt that at GCU, we wanted to make Aurora a much more rounded experience for staff. So we started to look at what we would do at GCU to support our participants and to create a community here at GCU for past and present participants and also how we should approach mentoring, the kind of GCU way and that that activity really has fed into lots of other aspects of GCU life and led to debates and discussions Mm -hmm. because people have been very honest and open in identifying um, right from the beginning some of the challenges that they've experienced or perceived that that have impacted on their career progression.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. That leads me on to my next question. But why do we need something like Aurora? Why are women underrepresented in leadership positions in higher education?
1: I mean, you'll know, Craig, it's not just in higher education. Mm. At the time that this was put together in kind of 13, 14, in higher education, there was only 11% of all institutions had a female leader. And despite academic staff being made up, 45% of women make up academic staff at that time. And only 22% of, of women at that time were professors, female professors. But one of the things that has been a significant amount of research around this then and since and part of the kind of historical context of higher education which was very male dominated historically and so to create that shift it needs more than just a women-only program like Aurora it needs institutional commitment Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: needs systemic change and strategic change and that actually changes and addresses culture values it looks at recruitment practices promotion it looks at unconscious bias you know it looks at you know an institution that opens itself to that conversation and i'm delighted that that was absolutely the gcu way and so aurora became part of influencing our athena swan activities as well because We were having conversations about women and everything from maternity cover through to promotions to to recruitment, which then led us to look at lots of different ways in the institution. The principal was an absolute advocate of of equality. The university's values embrace equality. So for us, it, it really has helped us look at it in a much more inclusive way, whereas historically, The belief was that women just didn't apply for senior posts. They they weren't confident. They didn't have the skills. And some of that is true. Some of that, for men and women, choose Mm -hmm. not to apply for senior positions because it's not something that they feel they want to go into. But actually, it's not on its own, the the cause. So you won't fix women. And what's happened in the last 10 years is there's a real understanding that it's not about fixing women. Mm -hmm. It's about considering the whole ecosystem and how we work there is an element that we need to develop confidence and skills and understanding in women at, at all ages mm-hmm. but there's also the as i was saying earlier the systematic approach yeah. that allows us to make sure that women are not consciously or subconsciously um, biased which is which was established as, a, as an issue previously
0: are we seeing that systematic change? I look at the number of female professors we've got at the university. I think that's about a, a 50-50 balance there. And I look at the executive board as well, which is, again, very well balanced in that r- respect. So are we seeing change?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You just need to look at GCU's metrics over the last 10 years, 15 years, and, and, and just watch the trend of change in that. And you can see, as you've, you've mentioned, Craig, our gender pay gap, our female professors, um, women in senior roles. So yes, as as an organization, I mean, we've just recently been awarded our institutional Athena Swan Silver, which is one of only two institutions in Scotland who've got silver. And that's all about equality and, and having embedded approach and understanding the barriers and the facilitators to equality in an organization in higher education. So I think if you were to look at GCU's profile, you would see real progress. Mm-hmm.
0: It also really sounds like the Aurora program fits in with the United Nations sustainable development goals. One of the, the goals is gender equality.
1: Yes, I, th- I think I think that's probably why at, at GCU we've had such an impact, is because the university has been looking at gender and through a strategic lens and, and our sustainable development goals that, as you know, we initially was the framework for our research strategy has become the framework for our learning and teaching, our research. You know, we have a group who are working cross-institutional to look at sustainable development goals and how we develop and align and deliver um, with impact in in those areas. So I think gender is an area that we are particularly strong in and and particularly well-placed and able to develop able to demonstrate impact in relation to the goals.
0: Now, I'm going to sound a little bit like Alan Partridge here, but is there an equivalent programme for men or people who identify as men?
1: There is. It's called Navigator, and it's a kind of work and personal development programme for men. We have had recent interest from some of our male colleagues in one of our schools to say that they would be interested in undertaking the programme. So University of, of Northampton are actually piloting the programme at the moment. And uh, once we see the output of that pilot, then the university will look at it and see whether that's something that we want to um, look at within GCU.
0: Now, let's look at your role in the programme. As you mentioned at the start of the show, you're the Aurora Executive Champion. So what does that exactly mean?
1: It's been my role from the the beginning to ensure that there's clear visibility of the programme and its aims and how that fits into the university's strategic ambitions and to be able to raise anything that i hear or any concerns at executive board and and have discussions and we've had many discussions over the years around outputs from aurora and our other athena swan work that has influenced the university's decision to to do or change or adapt in a particular way so my role is i'm a figurehead if you like as the champion in that I invite the staff to apply for the programme. I chair the um, the applications process. That's a thing that we've done at GCU that other institutions didn't do, is we made it competitive. And we get way more applicants every year than we have places for. And that's really helpful, because what we do then is we make sure that every applicant who is unsuccessful is followed up, and Melanie will follow them up individually and offer one-to-one guidance on how they might have career development outside the Aurora programme. Okay. We've, we've had unsuccessful applicants who, who apply the following year and are eventually are successful and get on the programme. So we try to make sure that all of our staff know all of that's available to them, whether it's by the university, whether it's external to the university. And then I meet with all the participants on their first day. And we have a we have, well, when we were on campus, we would have a coffee, and a, and a chat and we would talk about the program and what it means and what we're trying to do and then melanie always takes the participants through the various sessions and what they're going to learn right. and then talked we talk to them melanie and i talked to them about um, leadership at gcu and we talk to them about mentorship and what that means and then we do speed dating for a mentor so our mentors come along and we do a kind of speed dating cafe we do and we've been doing it virtually this year for uh, mentors to um, say what they're interested in, how they tend to mentor. And then our, our participants select who they want to interview, if you like, to be their mentor. And they're allowed to just have conversations with two or three before they make their decision, because it's a it's an important relationship. Mm-hmm. So I am also a mentor, and I have mentored many of the participants over the years. And it, I think it's a it gives me great pleasure as well as, pride not just in the institution but also that in mentoring us who are senior leader mentors we are mentoring professional services staff we are mentoring academic staff and mentored staff in in roles all over the institution because it's it's about the individual and and how we can have those conversations confidentially so my, my role kind of the program and we then meet with the participants regularly over the year that they're on the program. And we have a wash up where we do a kind of feedback session okay. where they tell us if the program has been worthwhile, what they've gained from it and other things that they think we could do better as an organization to support or their colleagues who have not been on Aurora to mm-hmm. support. And we do that each year as part of the debrief at the end.
0: You mentioned Melanie, that's of course Melanie Armstrong, the Aurora lead, who we're hoping to have joined us in this podcast had technical difficulties that prevented that. But what does Melanie do then? What's her role in Aurora?
1: Melanie is pivotal to the success of Aurora. Melanie's been involved from the very beginning. She's exceptionally knowledgeable around mentoring, mentorship, leadership development. As you know, she works within people services and um, has been in organizational development for a number of years. So Melanie is our, if you like, our lead around the Aurora program itself. So she connects with Advanced HE regarding the programme, the participants getting where we're going. But she also, as I say, she speaks to the participants individually to make sure that they're all clear what's expected of them. She attends Advanced HE sports sector work as well as, as creating and helping to deliver. The program, the GCU program that we run every year. And she's also worked with colleagues in academic development to develop a framework for mentoring across um, GCU, both in Aurora and outside Aurora. And she's used her expertise to take that leadership development into the new leadership program that people services are running for staff more broadly. I think It's fair to say, and I know the participants would say this, that the success of Aurora is in no small way to Melanie and her infectious commitment over the years (laughs) to delivering this programme.
0: Well, we're sorry that she can't be with us, but that's that's an excellent accolade there, Valerie. Thank you. Now, let's look at the nuts and bolts of the programme. How many people can take part in any one cohort?
1: We at GCU have set our minimum cohort to be 10, Right. Um, Because we feel you need that number to be able to um, support each other and, and connect with each other. But we have had up to 20, 23 staff on if they are sponsored by their department or sponsored by their school to take part. And I think that's something that's fair to say as well, Craig, is over the years, we've had real support from managers in both professional services and within the schools and the academic schools and have also regularly come forward and offered to sponsor one or two staff and not in any way said it has to be somebody from my school Mm -hmm. they've said we're happy to support but fortunately or actually good for us we've had a real mix of staff from across all three schools from london and also as i said earlier professional and, and academic staff so at the moment, our, our position is, and certainly executive board just recently endorsed that 10 places should be our minimum cohort each year, and we would commit to funding 10 staff every year into the next few years to see how the programme um, moves on.
0: So we've got 10 women or people who identify as women can take yeah. part. Is there any other specific criteria that they have to meet? Say 20 people applied, what would separate the, the 10 that are successful from the 10 that aren't?
1: So they, we have a set of criteria that we've developed in relation to the um, application forms, so and the application form makes clear for, for staff to provide us with a paragraph around the programme itself, what they hope to get from the programme, how they see that influencing their career. And we also ask for a commitment from their line manager because... We want line managers to not just um, support their member of staff to participate in the four days, we want them to make sure that the member of staff has got the time that's required to reflect. So there's reflection time built into the programme for participants to really think about what they've learned in a session, how that impacts on them what what they want to take forward and that can't be done if you just go to the session and immediately you're back at your desk yeah and so when we talk to managers they absolutely recognize that so we ask for a statement from the manager as to that that's they will provide that commitment to support the member of staff and also why they think this is the optimum time for this individual to participate because it's for um, staff who are at the, the kind of earlier part of their career Mm-hmm. up to kind of senior lecturer level, so quite often equivalent in professional services.
0: That leads me nicely on to my next question because it's available to everyone people who are academics and people who are in professional services, will their experience differ on the Aurora program?
1: No. It won't differ in terms of what they're taught. It won't differ in terms of the groups they're in. They'll be in a mixed action learning set. Whether you're an academic member, of staff professional salesman, that isn't a factor in the program so we we treat the cohort as the cohort and what's been really good about that approach is that we now have participants tell us that they've networked with colleagues from across the institution in different roles and different departments that previously they never knew at all before the program and that's allowed them to actually use that knowledge in their day-to-day work in GCU because I now know somebody in IS and I know somebody in the library and I know people and and we've had a chance to talk and I can put my colleagues in contact with with your colleagues so it's not in relation to that what we do in some of the sessions is we do talk about are there specific issues for professional services staff are there specific things for academic staff are there things that are working really well in either group that we want to make sure we fertilize across but it's um, it's more about the individual and their leadership and their skills and their knowledge and less about whether you're on an academic trajectory or you're on a the one thing that has come out of the feedback after eight years is that professional services staff would would like stronger guidance around career progression uh, post something like Aurora. The academic staff, as you know, have got a clear promotion pathway yes. that they can apply for through lecturer, senior lecturer or reader or into mm-hmm. up to professor. And, and so that did come out recently and in, in the feedback that we got from staff who'd been on the programme over years.
0: How do you see the Aurora programme developing in the future?
1: I think we have opportunities to further develop our in-house program and how we support staff and we open it up to all staff. So it's not just Aurora participants who can come to things like speaking with, you know, communicating with confidence or we did a session before on Dress for Success and we had a really mixed audience, Uh, men and women came to that. So we're, we're trying to encourage our male colleagues to come along to the sessions and to participate We've got new male mentor volunteers again this year which is great, but they're still in the minority um, of our mentors so we're trying to encourage again our male colleagues to come forward and, and that they're not excluded mm-hmm. from from this. We'd value their input, we'd value their contribution. And I think the um, we continue to feed into advanced HE sessions to get the to hopefully influence how things move on and how as, as research develops, we use that to inform how we feel things are working or not working. And we did a quite we had quite a big part in speaking with Advanced HE and being part of the network that they convened to think about the move online. Mm-hmm. And what we found with the move online is that that it's worked. Participants were concerned because they wouldn't physically get to see, meet their cohort. But actually it seems to have worked pretty well, despite all of the constraints and restrictions what it means is you do have to really stress the need for that downtime prep time before and downtime after which mm-hmm. sometimes might be on the train going to Edinburgh and then coming back mm-hmm. When if you just you know you're sitting in your living room it, it's there's a temptation to go straight from that last meeting you were in to your Aurora session and then back to the next meeting that mm-hmm. you need to do and we've had to counsel our participants not to do that to actually plan as if they were going to Edinburgh mm-hmm. and how have they used that time effectively.
0: And this will be your final year as as Executive Champion because you're retiring next month. How does it feel to be stepping down from GCU?
1: Oh, it's um, both exciting and, and sad. I, I feel I've had a fantastic career at GCU. I've had phenomenal opportunities over the years, Craig, that probably if you'd asked my younger self, a long time ago, I would not have expected those opportunities to have been given to me, you know, but I have. And I've worked with fantastic staff and students from across the institution over a lot of years. So there is absolutely no doubt I will miss the staff and students. Al. But GCU will always have a place in my heart, as it were. And and I will continue to hopefully be associated with the institution and to watch as I'm sure it's about to go to its next um, strength <laughs> strength to strength that's it's on the horizon, I have no doubt about that. So it's a bit kind of sad, mm-hmm. but at the same time surreal in a way. It's not what I thought I would be doing this year, but hey-ho, <laughs> it's, it's where we are. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. got plans that are quite exciting and I'm looking forward to, but I will miss the institution. There is no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, definitely, it'll be a big, big loss to, to GCU. But I want to finish up, Valerie, just if anyone is listening to this who is who's wants to know more about the Aurora programme, where can they get more information about it?
1: They can just drop an email either to Melanie. They'll see on the People Services intranet, we have a whole section on Aurora and you can, but if they just want to chat, they can either contact directly, Melanie, myself, or Ella Fry. Ella helps um, support the programme as well, along with Melanie and has herself been through the programme. So any of us are happy to, and if they want to speak to a participant, we can put them in touch. And Melanie is more than happy to put people in touch with other participants if they want a kind of inside mm-hmm. view.
0: And if you had one piece of advice for someone who's thinking of applying, what would it
1: be? Don't hold back. Go for it. Really don't feel intimidated or feel that somehow you've not got the experience or the confidence or the just go for it you'll be surprised it's a very supportive group and welcomes everybody and that's certainly been I would say the consistent feedback from the GCU participants is that they felt supported and able where they were quite nervous at the beginning so if you're nervous don't worry about it it's not you're not alone You won't be nervous once you've been through the programme.
0: Valerie, that was absolutely fantastic. It was great to have you on the show and all the best for the future. Good luck in the retirement.
1: Thank you very much, Craig. Much appreciated. Take care.
0: I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to this episode and I hope you'll join us again soon when we'll be in conversation with another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonia University to talk about the great work that's going on. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can get every episode straight onto your listening device. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and pretty much everywhere else. Until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been the Common Good Podcast.